Buenos días y buenas tardes. Welcome to this episode of the Briando Babes podcast. On this episode, we actually have our first Briando boy, I guess you can call it, slash man, of course, because he's a fully grown adult. We have Robert all the way from New York. He's a kindergarten teacher, and he's going to tell us what your kids should know to be prepared for kindergarten and the things that your child should be learning and developing in kindergarten. This is an amazing episode that I wish literally every single parent could listen to. And I highly recommend this episode for anybody with kids under the age of like eight because there's a lot of skills that he talks about that I think kids should still be developing well into like early elementary and middle elementary. And I also want to put out here a disclaimer that throughout this episode, you're going to be hearing my daughter a lot. Um, Robert and I had this scheduled on a day where I didn't realize my husband was going to be coming home from work so late. So I didn't have that help. Um, so my mother-in-law held it down as much as she could until I got discovered hiding in the closet by my kids. So you'll hear a few interruptions, but if you're listening to this, you're either a parent who understands the struggle or you just love me enough that, you know, it's okay that my daughter was interrupting like half the episode. So buckle up, stay tuned. Well, not stay tuned, like stay here. (coughs) Um, Save this episode because even if your child is little, little, in the blink of an eye your child will be in the place that you're gonna be like what was it that Betty and Rob were talking about that one time and of course share this episode with literally anybody you know that has a child under eight because there's just so much value in it all right enjoy hello and welcome to this episode of the Briando Babes podcast we have a very special guest all the way in from New York. This is why I love technology because we can do things like this. We have the best kindergarten teacher on the planet here with us today to tell us what your kids should know before starting kindergarten, before starting school. So I'm going to turn it over to him now. Um, introduce yourself to us. Do you hear my dog, by the way? Of course. That's okay. okay. Real life. Okay, I hope uh, the listeners are okay with it as well. It's like bedtime-ish, so I hope you guys enjoy the background music. So just tell us who you are, where you are, what you do, how you got there, you know, just the whole okay. spiel. All right. Hi, everybody. Um, well, my name is Rob. I teach kindergarten. Well, well, kind of not really. Here's what happened. So I've been in kindergarten for about seven years. Um, first as a, in the classroom te- as a classroom teacher and now um, as a Spanish teacher. So I, I'm now like in a specialist role where I go in and teach the kids Spanish for about 30 minutes a day and then I leave. So my role's been different, but it's been in kindergarten for seven years. So even when you're going in, you're just doing kindergarten classes? That's it, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, you know, I think a lot of people, like kindergarten teachers can go one of two ways. They could like, love it and only want to stay there or think of it as a stepping stone to somewhere else. And I don't feel that way. I love kindergarten. Mm. I think, I think I've been able to figure out how to teach kindergarten in a way that's effective for me, for them to actually learn and enjoy themselves. So it's not some place that I imagine myself ever leaving unless I get tired of, you know, moving around and jumping around and dancing and stuff with them. So dancing with them you're gonna be like that teacher that everybody knows that it's like he's been here for 45 years and it's like I already feel like I've been here for 45 years and it's only been seven (laughs) okay I love that and when you started your like education and and all that did you always know you wanted to be a kindergarten teacher no I always knew that I wanted to be a Spanish teacher okay okay because when I was little um my my grandmother's sister came from Cuba in 1990 um, and she was a teacher her whole life and she wanted to keep teaching us or teach me, um, cause I was there after school. So she would, um, give me spelling tests in Spanish. We would recite poetry in Spanish. We would sing the Cuban national anthem. Oh we God. had like, 
we had like little classes after school every day that to me felt super normal, but most kids were like learning to ride bikes and like rollerblading. And I was mm. like singing the national anthem and learning how to do <laughs> deletreo when I was four years old. I so, love it. So and for this was that always reason, in New York, you were, you were born and raised, right? New, in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for that reason, I, I knew forever that I wanted to be a Spanish teacher. Um, for as long as I, you know, knew that it existed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you don't really see a lot of I mean, I follow a bunch on Instagram, but you don't mm -hmm. see a lot of males in that like very early childhood um, area. So I'm always interested in like, how did you get there? It's not like, I don't know, it's like, no, you know, there's very few and I fell into it accidentally, because the role that I started at was as a floating associate teacher, because they had a large class size that year and they wanted a second person in the room a third person in the room oh, so wow. I was hired as that and they were like do you speak Spanish I was like oh yeah I told them the whole story and they're like okay because we have a Spanish program and it'll be great if you could help the Spanish teacher who's like who at that point was the associate teacher just happened to have to teach Spanish as well so I was like yeah I'll help out no problem and I loved it and I ended up like writing the curriculum for kindergarten and sharing it with the people who were on my team and then moving into this role because it felt such a, like such a natural fit for me but kindergarten wasn't the goal. Kindergarten just happened because there was an opening. That's and I was awesome. so, so miserable in my previous career that I was like, yeah, let me try this. And it was obviously. What was fit. your previous career? I've done everything. I've had every job you could possibly imagine. I worked in a bakery. I sold furniture for one day. I, <laughs> <laughs> I sold watches. The, the last career that I had, I was working on Broadway in um, marketing and management for Broadway shows. Oh, wow. And I hated every second of it. First of all, if they tell you that it's a glamorous thing where you make a lot of money, you, you don't. You don't make any money. Wow. Um, people in, on Broadway take advantage of the people who want to work in theater and they just pay you as little as they can because you're living the dream, right? So mm -hmm. I was making nothing. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, let me try teaching because I'm miserable. And I was coming home from work just so angry and sad. And I was like, let me just try this. Give it a shot. And it changed everything. Wow. Oh, I love that. You like manifested it. It came full circle because as a little kid, you were like, this is cool. I like this. And it ended up being what you ended up doing. It's all I wanted. And then I like talked myself out of it and tried to do anything else. And it's the only thing that I kept coming back to. Mm. Yeah, that's what like I tell my husband this. And I'm like, I hate that I love teaching because it's mm -hmm. like you will try everything under the sun. And it's like you just keep coming back to this thing that it's like it's in us. Like you're well, just being a Spanish teacher, too. Like people tell you when you tell them that you want to be a Spanish teacher, you're like, oh, I took Spanish for five years. I took Spanish for eight years. I don't remember any of it. And then you're like, well, why am I going to, you know, bust my chops and teach you a language if you're not going to remember any of it? Mm -hmm. And Aww. like that's what's so special about kindergarten is you're you're starting so young that you can get them to love the language and learning the language before it gets hard, before okay, they have to yeah. write a paper, before they have to conjugate, before they have to do all the things about learning a language that are such a drag. Like I come into class every day with a new game or yeah. um, a new way of seeing and exploring the language that they've never thought of before, you know? That's amazing. And it's exciting for them and it's fun for them and they're learning, they're conjugating, they're using the language in an age appropriate way mm -hmm. that um, to them doesn't feel like learning, but by the end of it, they've learned so much. That's the best part of early childhood. That's what I love about early childhood. Have you seen any of your students that you said you've taught for seven years? So to that point that you're saying, like, people are like, oh, I took it. I don't remember mm -hmm. it. Have you seen students like six years later and they're still like, practicing Spanish or they're speaking it or have you seen like the growth and development of any students you know our school is really unique because we start Spanish from three years old mm, and cool. and it goes through it goes through senior year oh so cool. um I just did a workshop where we tried to figure out we not tried to figure out we did a um an assessment interview where we try to assess where a person's language level is um just through a conversation and the people that we were able to interview were seniors. Oh, so cool. no one that I've taught yet, but people that have gone through the program um, and to see that they're able to have a conversation in Spanish gave me a lot of hope that like, oh, what I'm doing is laying the foundation mm. for, what, for what's to come. Oh, that's awesome. 
That's awesome. And are you in a neighborhood? Because, you know, I grew up in Miami, so everybody just spoke Spanish. Spanish was just like a game Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like we were like, I mean, I'm sure it's what you're saying. Like, I'm sure I was learning. I just don't realize it. But I feel like a lot of it was like, I don't know if it was easier, whatever. My point is, do you have, is your community, are the kids you're teaching, are are they coming from Spanish speaking backgrounds? Very few, very, very few of them are. um, And those that do end up kind of in like special um, after school, not after school, in like clubs, like enrichment clubs, or we end up inviting families to come speak about their culture so that kids aren't learning that Spanish speakers play with maracas and eat tacos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kids who are, our cultural units are enriched by the members of our community. So we're learning about people from the Dominican Republic and like what their music sounds like, or going to the supermarket in a Chilean com- um, country, a Chilean town. And like, what does that food look oh, like? Cool. What's it? Yeah. It's, um, it's a really interesting approach to cultural activities. Like when we talked about Cuba, we, I showed them pictures of my in Cuba and told like pictures of the park that he grew up in and show them what the park uh-huh. looks like now and how the park is like not really there anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but to, to ground it in reality and to ground it in a way that is culturally authentic has always been very important to me. Yeah. No, I see that from the things you post and the work you do, like, I mean, Thank we've you. been following each other for a while. I feel like I know your whole life. <laughs> but <laughs> I do see that in, like, the things you do, even, like, how much you show your love for Celia Cruz or anything, your culture mm-hmm. at all. I absolutely, I admire and I love that so much. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember some kid in um, one of my classes was, one of the activities was design a dress for Celia Cruz, right? So this kid was like kind of quiet, doesn't really speak a lot of Spanish. And then he says, you know, this dress has to be gorgeous because Celia Cruz was gorgeous. And I like could have cried because of how many times in (laughs) an interview Celia would call herself ugly. But like to have this five-year-old be like, think that she was the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. So incredible to me. Um, And something that she would have loved if she was alive. So that's beautiful. And did your, did your tia abuela ever see you become a Spanish teacher? No, she died in 2000, um, okay. but she knew that how much I respected it. She knew how much I loved it. Um, and that I, I, I think she was, was, took it so seriously because she knew that I took it so seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, if she, if she had seen that it had been a drag for me, I don't know if she would have pushed, but she knew <laughs> that I loved it. So That's so special. Well, I love that this whole like first part of us talking was like so rooted in your, what you do and how special it is to you. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I know I reached out because I really wanted to hear from you uh, what are things that parents should teach their kids or what should kids know before starting kindergarten. Um, right now, the school year is about to end here in, in Miami. We have six weeks left of school. Lucky um, you. <laughs> I know. You go a little longer, I believe. But I, I'll, I'll probably push this episode a lot as well, like in August. And I thought about it. I was like, should I wait till August to ask him? But... I got too excited, so that's why I asked you already. So. No, yeah. Um, so do we you wanna do you want me to start? Yeah. My, okay. Well so before just, I start uh, with my with my top ten list, before I start with my top ten list, I wanna have a little conversation with you about go. what you think it means, what does it mean to be ready for kindergarten? I think um like a level of independence and okay. yeah, that's like really big for me. And I haven't been in the classroom for a while. I taught for three years and then I was coaching teachers for a few years. And then Mm -hmm. I've been out of like the school system for the last two years. So I know that like literally every year changes like what they need to know academically. So um, I feel like it's hard to stay on that game. It's like, wait, they're reading now. Because I remember when we were in kindergarten, that's like where you learn to read. But now you have to go in knowing how to read. So um, that's kind of why I wanted to know from you, like, um, and I know you're not in our county and whatnot, and like things do change from county to county, but in general, like five-year-olds and what is developmentally appropriate, Mm -hmm. for me, it's like kind of like the level of independence and like a certain level of developmentally appropriate, like emotional maturity 
And I don't know if you've seen that this has changed a lot since the pandemic. Um, I know I'm tutoring a girl who's in second grade and I feel like she's, and it's not just her, it's a lot like her peers. And I keep hearing how this group, like they are behind, like what second graders would have been doing maybe like six, seven years ago or before the pandemic. So it's tapering off now that we've had maybe two years of normal feels like regular school again, it's tapering off. I will say that group that I had that's now in like second grade had a had a gap that felt like we can't finish work on time Mm. and a lot of it was because we were at home and so you don't finish work because you have all day to finish it and (laughs) nobody's saying like no there's no teacher in the room saying all right you have five minutes and when I bring the time it's time to put your work away you know it's tapering off now and I think that there was a gap and those second graders are kind of tightening up now when it would be yeah. great. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that you said what you said because of the 10 things that I have, maybe one is slightly academic. Mm-hmm. Okay. My, my readiness for kindergarten is they're going to learn what they're going to learn in school. They've learned what they were going to learn in pre-K. They'll learn what they're going to learn in kindergarten. And this idea that kindergarten now is like the new first grade or the new second grade Mm -hmm. is wild to me. You know, like, yep, yep. To go into school already being above grade level means they have nothing to do in school, in my opinion. Yeah. It's It's a disservice to them. It's a disservice to the teachers. It's a disservice to the process of learning. You know, kindergarten is about learning to love school, learning to love being a student and um, fostering a love of learning and if it's like hammering down too many like memorized facts I don't know what good that necessarily does oh I agree with you 100% okay good because I was worried no no (laughs) I still think in kindergarten they should have centers Mm -hmm. there should be a huge chunk of time that should be for play in kindergarten and that's just not it right now no it's not and it and it it was more so that way seven years ago. And to see the the, the way that it's evolved so quickly mm-hmm. over the last seven years, just of myself being in the classroom is crazy. How they used to have maybe an hour, maybe two hours of play. And we would end up having to call kids over to do work and then go back to play. And like having the day feel a little bit more fluid. Now it feels so much more tight, so much more regimented. Um, yeah. And you're saying that seven years ago, even in Miami, when I started yeah. teaching, I started teaching probably, I mean, like 2013. So yeah, a little bit before that. Um, And even then I had friends in kindergarten that they didn't have playtime. Like, so even to hear that you were doing it so many years ago, like, that's awesome. But our our school is still like still calls itself or considers itself play based in many ways. Oh, that's awesome. Is it private or public? It is a private school. And, and the plays has evolved, you know, um, it's not as much as we all wish that it still would be. Um, but, you know, the teachers who prioritize it fit it in where they can. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's, I mean, good teachers just go against the grain, I think. And they know how to. And they know how yeah, to. Yeah, and they know how to. And they know how to do it and still get all their things done. Yep. And still look great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So those are the people that I learned from, you know. That's awesome. Um, all right. So here's my top 10 list. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. Um, and it's a list that prioritizes thinking, speaking, and social skills and life skills. And thank you so much, Robert. Before you get into mm-hmm. it, thank you so much for taking your time and doing this. Like, I asked you just like that in the DMs, and you're like, yes, let me write my list. And you're like messaging me back. You're like, I'm almost done. Like, I love that you gave yourself this homework. So thank you for putting in this time for the listeners, for me. Um, no. I really it was fun. That. It was fun for me. And it was fun to, um, to speak to other teachers and ask them, what do you tell parents? You know, oh, because I that's really it. what this is about. Like, what do you tell parents going into kindergarten about getting ready for kindergarten? And by and large, no one said letters and numbers. Nobody. Love you it. Know? Love um, it. Because letters and numbers will happen when they happen, when they're supposed to happen. You know, some people think that learning to read just happens when kids start losing teeth and like people just have these theories and like the theories just exist and that's 
that's okay. It all it all will happen when it's supposed to happen. Um, I love. Great. Okay. So no, <laughs> there's no there's no order, there's no order. But I do think my number one is a big number one. Okay. Um, and number one is to get them to love books. Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. Yes. I love that you said that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Get them to love books and to love reading. And the only way to get them to love reading <laughs> is to read to them and to yes. not to not make... Okay, here's another thing that I say. Don't ask them to read to you right before bed. Okay. I haven't okay. heard that one yet, but I like that. And I'll tell you my reasoning and that people get upset. My reasoning is right before bed, they're exhausted. And reading when you're five years old is work. It's a slog to get through each page. It's doing a lot of work. It's putting together many, many strategies. They don't have that, you know, strong foundational phonemic awareness yet that they're working on. So get them to read a page out of a book takes effort. Mm, and it's not, it's, work, not it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's brain power that they shouldn't have to be doing right before they're winding down. You're so right. right. And you're saying this and, you know, I, I try to read with Leila as much as I can. And when I do mm. read um, before bed with her, she always asks me to read to her. And I don't That's fight her want. or anything. Yeah, I don't fight her or anything. I'm just like, okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's such a good point that you made. I never thought of it that way. Because they want to zone out too. And when they're ready to zone out, let them. Um, and let them love being read to because that's such a special time that you're not going to have forever. People um, don't realize how much no. kids love being read to. Sometimes the craziest kid is their calmest when they're being read to. Yeah, they love it. Like, kids really love it. I preach that a lot, and I'm very big on, like, even if your child isn't, like, because people will be like, I tried reading, he didn't like it. And it's like, sometimes it's a skill that has to develop. So for me, like, bring in toys, make it fun. You don't have to read word by word. Just look at the pictures, talk about it. Like, but just get books in front of them. And talk about it. That is a major thing. Talk about what you're reading, because in in school, we're going to talk about social emotional issues we're going to use books through to teach through certain things get them to talk about what they're reading and get them to be able to have a discussion with you about what they're what they're looking at um i love this yeah not all the time because some people want to just zone out and that's okay too but to be able to have a conversation around the book that you're reading is a major skill that is very important in kindergarten because i use books in spanish people use books for everything for social issues for you know conflict in the yard there's a book for everything for tattletaling. There's a great book called Tattletongue. Where There's the kids... literally a book about like pooping. Like... Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, that's next. Okay. Tell us, tell us what's number okay. two. Number two is about number two. And that's why I made it number two. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> um, okay. Bathroom and hygiene independence. Yes. That's that major. That's that is major, major, major. Pre-COVID, during COVID, post-COVID. Post-COVID, you know what? Practice practice dressing, you know, because sometimes kids have PE, our kids have swim, and they have to dress and undress independently. And I'm telling you, the the uh, what's the word in English? These people come back to the classroom looking like un disparate completo. They look like a mess. Um, <laughs> these people, be- <laughs> these four-year-old, five-year-old. These, these five-year-olds come back this is a mess because they don't know how to dress themselves all the time you know like yeah. oh your shirt's on backwards and you're like that's okay um, <laughs> i'm like you know whatever um I but dressing it. hand washing um you know washing their face after lunch eating carefully over their table you know not making a mess not you know and bathroom hygiene you know how to how to wipe how to wash your hands after using the bathroom how to aim there are many skills that the kids need to learn um and the kids need to be comfortable being independent in the bathroom you know yeah I have a vivid memory from kindergarten like just one of those like little memories where I was Mm -hmm. in the bathroom trying to zipper up my skirt and I didn't know how and I I was freaking out because I was like I'm gonna go out there with my my zipper not button and how do I tell the teacher and I have this like vivid like one of my first like anxiety moments and it's that it's anxiety producing. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy feeling, you know, to, to not feel like you're in control, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and the and the bathroom does produce those types of feelings in kids that they're not in control of what's going on what's coming out of their body they're not in control of like how to clean themselves up because parents do it for them and that's great but going into kindergarten especially independence is key as you said before yeah nobody's gonna be doing that a the teacher doesn't have time and b we can't no we really we cannot and me as a male especially yeah um you know like that's something that is always in the back of my mind and like i can't go into the bathroom i can't even like be near the bathroom i have yeah i know that I know mm-hmm. that most schools, like, there's, like, adult bathroom and kid bathrooms. And, like, adults just oh, yeah. cannot go into that bathroom. No. Um, and I have to just shout from, like, a safe distance, like, are you good? Um, but, but, like, you have to keep those things in mind, unfortunately, in the world that we live in. Um, all right. That's number two. Number two is about number two. And that's important. <laughs> Love it. And number three goes back to number one. Um and it's to encourage conversations. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Especially in this age that they're all addicted to the screens. Exactly. Talking about yourself is a major skill. Because in my curriculum, kindergarten is all about you. Like everything that is your favorite thing. Because mm. what <laughs> what does a five and six-year-old want to talk about them the most? Themselves. themselves. Yeah. Exactly. So being able to form opinions, being able to share your opinions, asking questions, because that's a very powerful skill to be able to like wonder something about a book or ask like something that you need clarified, being able to ask a question and have a conversation about what you're curious about is major. And that is the best way that you can learn about your students or about your kids, you know, see what they're interested in. And then you have a conversation with them about like, I really like sharks. I really like skateboards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're so curious about what types of books to get for your kid. Books about sharks and skateboards or a skateboarding shark. Who knows? But <laughs> there are like, that is, that is the best way to foster that sort of natural curiosity that a five and six year old has is by learning about them, by, getting, by having a conversation with them and talking to them about who they are. Literally. Yeah. Like, like you say, they just they live still in that egocentric type of mindset. Mm -hmm. So, and so is it also important to teach them like that conversational skill of just like asking questions back? Like if I ask you, what's your favorite color? Should like, they should also bounce that back or we're just going to talk about their favorite color. No, I think it's important to be able to, to naturally have that reciprocity conversationally is huge. And like, I'm learning that and I'm 34. Yeah. You're 34 and you've done all these jobs and taught for seven years. and I've had every job in the world. Yeah, but I started in college. Okay, okay. Okay, Um, the next one goes back to the previous one. Advocate for for their own needs Mm. and and for their own understanding. I like that, yes. So we've all had, as teachers, we've all had those students who um, are too shy to... um, ask for help yeah to to tell you i don't understand what your directions were the first time you know or who have that sort of um that natural um comfort with a one-on-one time with a teacher yeah with like a safe adult period absolutely yeah but but being able to to feel powerful in asking what did you mean by that or can you explain it again or What's step two? I like any of any of these types of clarifying questions that show that I need help and I'm not shy about it and I'm okay with being curious and being a little bit confused is a very powerful skill that adults adults need. I was gonna say that's what (laughs) that's the skill that I'm still learning. Like I need help with that. What do you mean? Because it's okay to be okay with not understanding and it's really powerful in kindergarten, especially to like relish and enjoy the process of learning. Cause that's, that's our goal in kindergarten, Key. you know, learning how to be a student, learning how to love school, learning how to not feel weighed down by school or feel like pressured by school is important. And the best yep. way to do that is to be able to be okay saying, I didn't get it. And mm. that's okay. Yeah, I feel like some kids, like, wait for another kid to say it. But, like, what if they don't? Mm-hmm. 
I've seen some teachers um, put like a little whiteboard next to each student so that they can just draw like a question mark if they have a question or oh, I love like, that. and do it like a little privately, which is okay too. Um, so that as the teacher's walking around, they're looking for, is there, is there, is everybody clear? Are we good? Or is there a question? I can walk straight to that child's table. Um, yeah, there are, there are subtle ways that you can oh, I love it. like teach into somebody who's a little shy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. That's so important. And outside of the classroom, are there other situations where that happens? Like, or I don't know if this is going to be another point, but like if somebody bothered them in the playground or anything like that, like does that all fall in the category? That is number eight, eight, seven or eight. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get, get there. there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Love it. But kind similarly, the next one is about play dates. Okay. Okay. Are we for them Kids or against them? I'm for them. I have have them as much as you want, you know, um, because playdates have a purpose. Playdates are not just for you to zone out, for you to not like be with your kid. Playdates have a real powerful purpose, um, and that purpose is social. Social skills are very important. Mm -hmm. You know, and especially in this day and age where I feel like kids are like, and it's okay. There's like the good and the bad, but I feel mm -hmm. like at least in Miami, like it's not like before where kids were playing and like I all day. No. Like that doesn't happen anymore. Well, there was a time um, during COVID where every student had their own set of everything, right? Yeah, to that's not true. like cross contaminate or cross yeah, touch things, mm -hmm. you no. Know? And then after we were okay with touching things again, there were fewer materials in the classroom, and kids had to share again. <laughs> and and not and like not having that skill of how to share because they were born into this world with you know a pandemic they were like what do you mean i have to share these are all mine this whole room is for me <laughs> and it's like no i'm so sorry it's not we have to, we're all a community like a what mm -mm. <laughs> so they're learning the word community at this time right it's important um being okay being able to interact with some with a peer right and kind of the the push and pull of playing with um, and problem solving disagreements is major um, and not something that kids have a lot of practice with. Um, oh, I like, like that post COVID. Um, the problem solving disagreements because I know at least like my nine year old she has a lot like a lot of trouble with that. So we all do, and yeah. it's normal. And it but it but what's important and let me make sure this isn't one of my things. Um, it's not. What's important is being able to talk about, as a child, talk about, if this happens, here are my strategies. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if somebody takes something I want to use, do I talk to them about it? Do I, or do I snatch it out of their hand? Do I talk to a grown up or do I look for if there's more in the classroom? Because there might be more. Um, what do I do before? screaming or before punching somebody <laughs> um, having that sort of problem solving skill is important i love that i love that and that so then that's something that develops a lot out in outside of school playmates absolutely yeah okay. okay do you have any i mean i don't know if you're gonna have the answer for this but um maybe families that don't know how to reach out for play dates or like what mm. like a play date setting up tip that you might have you know that could happen there are also a lot of schools now have like a like a all parent email address you could like email blast the parents i don't know if your other schools do that but our school does that um oh that's pretty ahead. cool yeah no i was just saying like for my daughter i mean she doesn't have a problem with that she will make a play date with a kid that she met at Publix. like she does not care um, but we have, I are a big thing in, around the parents that I see are just like each class has like a group chat. So I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, a WhatsApp group chat. Once the kids meet each other, they're going to be like, let's do it. Let's play, have a play date. And like, yeah. that's your in, you know? So if you're like an, a parent who's amenable to having people over or to meeting in the park, your kid's going to, you know, break the ice for you. Yeah, that's true. Even the quietest kids, because the, the two quietest kids in the classroom will find each other. Aw, that's And they true. will make that friend. 
Um, so you could say like, hey, I don't talk in school, but let's talk outside of school. And like those two kids will find each other and have a great time. Aw, that's true. All right. Number six. Number six is controversial. Okay. I want to hear because, it. Okay. So. Because a lot of parents don't like to see their children upset. Well, mine's crying right now. I don't know if you hear her in the background. <laughs> but I'm like, I told them I'm recording at this time. They got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You got to figure it out. That's a good That's a good social skill. All right. My number six is don't shy away from games with clear winning winners and losers. Yes, this is a lesson that I, there's a lot mm. of things with my nine-year-old that I've learned the hard way. I don't know if you've noticed on Instagram, I'll be like, please let your kids be bored. Absolutely. That's, that's one of them for me is. That's number um, 10. Okay, good. <laughs> so that's one of them for me is, um, especially since like my mom took care of her for like the first three years. So imagine it's the abuela mm -hmm. playing games with the baby. Like, of course she won everything. And the baby always wins, of course. Everything. So mm -hmm. my my nine-year-old does not know how to lose and now with my husband my husband's very like i will play soccer and beat her a hundred to none i don't care yeah. the fact of the matter is at the end of the day don't you like to win yeah of course you like to win all right so try again the next time and try harder and they're gonna you know? figure out ways to win next time of course um know how to know how to fail and not give up and not crumble it's a I really powerful skill um, I'll tell you a story really quick. I played a game once. Uh, I did like, it was March Madness. It was like a matching game game tournament. And I had a bracket for every kid and like round mm -hmm. one, round one happens and the people who lose round one have to be on the cheering squad for the people who won to go into round two. Oh, that's what I do at the Dolphins when I did the child care for the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. um, we would play yeah. musical chairs. And whoever lost, I would call it being on the cheer squad. I'm like, you're on the cheer squad now. Guess what? The entire cheer squad sobbing after round one. <laughs> Full on ballistic tears like I've never seen. I lost. Uh. Yeah. Now we have to all stop because everybody's upset. Like you would have seen if you had given me five minutes how much fun it is to be on a cheering squad because you get to scream and jump and clap and do all the fun things that you're not allowed to do in school anyway. But now I can't because everybody's hold crying. Hold on, hold on. I think they're looking for me. Okay. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? Tú puedes estar aquí, pero tú no puedes hablar. ¿Qué pasó? Tú vas a pintar. Okay. Well, I think the baby's going to be with me for a little bit. Let's see how it lasts. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, so then what happened after? Did you get to go back into it? No, I had to stop. I had to stop the game. I had to be like, all right, you know what? Everybody find a partner and let's play the boring way because nobody can handle the fun way. Um, so it's important to show kids how to be okay, say good game, shake a hand, be a good sport and move on and try harder the next time. I love that. What about like for, so I went to, I already said my nine-year-old, she does not know how to lose. So we went to, uh, I went to her field day and she lost, she lost a couple of times, whatever. Mm -hmm. She was literally crying for like three hours straight during the whole yeah. field day, like crying, crying. Like she wasn't even paying attention to what was happening. But my thing too, and what I was telling her was like, sports isn't her strength. Like her gross motor skills, that's not where it's at for her. Mm -mm. She's very like techie. She's very like good with her hands. She's very good at like problem solving like little skills like that so i was also yeah. telling her like they also know your strengths you know so exactly and not everything is for everybody okay tu puedes estar aquí pero mira tu no puedes estar haciendo mucho ruido <laughs> the first podcast with uh what is she she's like 20 or 21 months old so oh my god yeah that's okay <laughs> um, <laughs> no it's a big skill that people need to learn that like not every okay too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a really, right. really good one. That's one that I hadn't like when I think about things like this, that's not one that I had thought of. No, I would love to hear what you thought of if you had, if you had your own list. Um, From what you've said so far, it's the okay. hygiene and the books. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. mm -hmm. no, number seven is a little bit academic, but not really. Okay, tell me. Okay. 
Number seven is following multi-step directions. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> Where is let your mom talk on the phone for an hour on that list? That's number 11. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I when I was a second grade teacher and I'd have like the parent meetings and stuff, that's kind of one of the questions I would ask parents. I'm like, I would ask them, if you tell your child, so this is already second grade, and I would right. ask parents, if you tell your child, put away your shoes and brush your teeth, can they do both? Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see why that's important no. right off the bat. It's about listening, remembering, and then following. Those are three very, very major mature skills. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And you have to remember, this is a skill like working out a muscle. They're not going to have it right away. You know? Yeah, yeah. Try lifting weights the first time. It's hard. Try lifting weights after two weeks. It's easier. After yeah. two months, it's even easier. You can do more. Aww. Practice. You have to practice it, you know? Um, I feel like with things like this, like what you're saying right now, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of adults forget what it was like to be five. Oh, yeah. And so when you say something like that, like um, put away your shoes, go brush your teeth and go to your bed. I'm going to go tuck you in now. We forget that for five year olds, like that was a lot of steps. It's way too much, you know, and think about like when we're at school. All right. You're going to put your pencils away, take your paper, walk it to your work drawer and come back and sit at circle. That's that's like a journey that could (laughs) (laughs) that on the way to your work drawer there could be 10 other people that you want to talk to there could be a manipulative over here magnetizer you remembered something yeah yeah you may have to go to the bathroom out of nowhere like the world is so small when you're that small that like everything else that an adult is telling you is major and it's like the largest part of your day is walking to your work drawer oh that's so tough yeah you're so right I love it. But practice, practice it. Start small and let it grow because it is a muscle and it's a skill that takes time. Yep. I agree. Wow. I didn't even think of that as like a skill that they need to know for kindergarten. But I know, like I said, as a second grade teacher, I'd be like, does your kid know how to do this? (laughs) I mean, when I do it, my, my rules are not rules. My steps are one word and it has a picture. Like I try to give them as little as possible colorear, dibujar, escribir, guardar. Like it's as it's as quick as possible because I love it. they're going to go they're going to go, go, go crazy if I if I give them a million words in Spanish especially. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. right. But my directions are usually in English because they have to be clear. Like when you start doing the activity, you're speaking Spanish, but you need to know what to do first and I'm going to tell you how to do it in English. Does it get to a point in kindergarten that maybe at the end of the year you could do it all in Spanish? Yeah, like the routines are very, very repetitive. Um, yeah. But I never wanted to be like, oh, I didn't understand what you were saying and I didn't ask. So, yeah. You know, I'll explain a little bit and then stop and be like, who has questions? And I explain a little bit and then stop and who has questions? Um, and by and large, for the most part, in April, knock on wood, there are fewer questions. Aw. Do you see like that transition after spring break and winter break? Yeah, that losing teeth, getting taller, like it, it all starts just like putting being put together, like the puzzle pieces start going into the places. It's it's incredible. Aw, I love it's it. A, that... It's such a big growth, you know, it is when you see pictures of them when they started kindergarten versus like the last day of school, you're like, who is this major, child? major, major, major. Yeah. Oh, did you watch beef? No, I didn't finish Beef. I started it, and I was I was on my phone, and I couldn't pay attention, so I stopped playing. Well, in one of, I don't know if you saw this, but in one of the episodes, uh, one of the guys is talking to the other guys, and he's talking about how, like, time is, like, relative to your age. So mm-hmm. when you're one year, one years old, one year is 100% of your life. So yeah. as a five-year-old, one year is almost a quarter of your life. So wow. it's, yeah, yeah. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah, that hit me like a ton of breaks. I was like, oh my God, yes. Right. But I mean, like our our pre-K three teacher starts by saying they were just born, they were 36 months old, and we have to think of it that way and like make yes. learning fun. Like it's really important to like and you know when it hits me is pajama day. Aw, why? Because pajama day, then like because everybody is so independent in school. They're doing their they're walking across the street, they're going up and down stairs. And then pajama day, they look like kids. They're in their like Aww. footy pajamas with like 
Lightning McQueen on characters, them. yeah. And it's like, oh, you're five. You're a baby. <laughs> wow, I never thought of it. Like I didn't, I didn't, it didn't hit me till today. Yeah. Um, but even at five, there's all these things that are still important to practice at home. And they can do so much. They can do as, so much at five. Oh yeah, 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 all definitely. Right. Okay. A lot of social Num- skills. Absolutely. Number eight. Oh, do you hear my baby farting? Oh, a little bit, but that's that's normal. I hear kids <laughs> farting all day. <laughs> She's like, you know that game Perfection? <laughs> She's like playing it, but like obviously I have it off. But she's like matching all the little shapes here next to me. No. Mom life. All right, number Mom eight. Life. Number eight. Talk to them about their feelings. Yes. I okay. love that. All right. We have um we have a an approach at our school called ruler that plots the feelings on like a color. Mm-hmm map with like red being high energy angry feelings yellow being high energy happy feelings blue is low energy sad feelings green is low energy calm feelings okay and we we talk about what feelings look like where you feel them in your body oh i like that yeah knowing what an unhappy feeling looks like being able to name that feeling um and what it feels like is really important to be like oh when i'm angry my ears get hot or like sometimes my skin my cheeks get red or i start to feel like i'm shaking or like when i'm calm i don't feel like getting up i I feel like my legs turn into jelly being able to like discuss what those feelings are and discuss what to do when unhappy feelings arise yes and how to talk about them and you mentioned so your school mm-hmm. goes till 12th grade you mentioned the three-year-old teacher yes. so when do you mm-hmm. start that and is that something you keep until 12th grade right away i don't know what i don't know what middle school or upper school, upper school does i know that we talk about it through fourth grade and then okay. in fifth grade they go a few blocks over and that's it okay i don't know but um but in kindergarten it's it's everything you know getting them ready to not always have their way and to not always feel a positive feeling is major. Yeah. 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 I mean, that goes back to also losing. Yeah. And strategies, strategies that like, what do you do when you feel this feeling, you know? Yeah. And what do you do to, what do you do about the feeling? Like, do you, do you sit in it and are you okay with being not okay for a little bit? Cause that's important too. And, then, and is like, this, Oh, sorry. Is this no, something sorry. you sh- is this something you share with the families too, so they can? Oh, kind yeah, of- yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, I love that. Yeah, when you feel that feeling, being okay with feeling not okay, and then eventually, when you're ready, getting yourself out of it. And how do you do that? Do you take a deep breath? Do you talk to the person that made you feel that way? Do you read a book to calm you- yourself down? You know, what are the things that make you pull yourself? Do you paint? Do you draw? to get you out of that feeling and being able to know that like, when I feel this feeling, what I need to make myself better is this and this and this. Okay. Major, major. And do you find that the kids, um, I don't know if it goes by age, but do they like to say more like I'm feeling red or do they start already using the language? Like I'm very angry right now. Both because we talk about what feelings go in that color, right? Okay. So they can say red, a red feeling is angry or frustrated or um, hungry, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or a yellow feeling. A yellow feeling is happy, but it's also excited. It's also motivated. It's also enthusiastic. I love that. Um, and that's something you guys came up with, or is that something you've, like, no, adapted from? it's called Ruler, um, and it's kind of nationwide. There are a bunch of schools that use it now. I want to um, see it. And Ruler stands for something. There's an, It's an acronym. I don't know what it does regulate something 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 okay (laughs) (laughs) it may not be regulate but the r is something i can't tell you what yeah and you got trainings on this and all that we did yeah um and i think i think in the three years we've used it kids have been able to speak so much more openly and so much more wow do you know who was developed by aware of i don't know i don't remember okay but they're so much more aware of how they feel. Okay. And they're I love using that. better they're using better vocabulary, which is a big it's a good skill to like not just say I'm mad, to say I'm feeling frustrated or you know what, right now I'm annoyed. 
you know, or you know what? I'm in a bad mood because I'm hungry. I love it. You know, I love that. And to know that sometimes tired is a sad feeling. And when you're tired, you're oh, really espera, sad. Hold on. Tata, okay. esto no se puede hacer, ¿ok? Esta, esto sí, pero eso no se puede hacer, ¿ok? Sí, déjalo. Esto no lo hagas, ¿ok? She keeps like wanting to turn on the little timer, but it's like super. No. Sí, se rompió. Está broken. Está broken, ¿ok? Pon esto. Dale. Ok. So is there, this is something that like parents can look up right now and just like kind of start totally. using it? Totally. Yeah, okay. you can look up ruler mood meter. It's called the mood meter. Okay. I'm going to look it up. I want to share it as They're well. all over the internet. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's something that you have like displayed in the classroom and all that. Yeah. And I use it in Spanish. I bring it with me and we talk oh, about colors cool. and feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day we talk me about our feelings. Azul. Yeah, right. Uh -huh. And... Oh, my baby's feeling red right now. Is she red? She sounds mm -hmm. yellow. Well, now she got mad and she's throwing off all the little perfection. Oh, okay. Pieces. All right. So she's a little red. <laughs> <laughs> she's also tired. So what's that, blue? That's blue. Tired is a sad feeling. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because green is calm. Like a green feeling is really just zen. I'm cool. My stomach is full, but I'm not. I don't have high energy. I just want to like listen to a story. Oh my God, I love this. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. I'm looking it up right away. And you know, as they get older, there's um, there's more to it, right? So as they get older, there's more conflict resolution. There's something called the meta moment, which is about like, like when you're, when something happens with a friend, what you need to do to like fix it. Like, oh, I need to show this to my daughter. So this is like the fourth grade stuff. No, the the mood meter is all all ages, but the meta moment and like the older stuff, like the discussion with peers, becomes more like older kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it, it's it's incredible. I love it. ¿Qué pasó? What color are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> I just gave her um hey, a Curious you know. George book, but she's really good with like the board books, but she's not mm -hmm. good with like the turning the pages with like the regular paper books. So she's mad that the paper isn't like staying down oh. yeah it happens ya tata si mira tienes que poner una mano así mira que es eso dile que es eso she sounds blue oh monkey see <laughs> we're very spanglish over here that's okay me too love it all right all tell right. me what's number nine number nine this is the only academic one that i have okay tell me handwriting Okay, yes. And just like fine motor skills in general? Just practice makes perfect. Like okay. handwriting, writing your name, writing um, in a way that fits the page is major. Like, okay. There are lots of like first days of school where I see like a kid write a really big R and then like, how do I fit the rest of my name on this paper? <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, that's that's normal. That's five years old. But also like, it's a product of the of the of the pandemic in a lot of ways too of like we've we don't have the right pencil grip which i don't and i'm 34 but you know if you can i was about to that, ask about that the pencil grip yeah i don't have good pencil grip because i had nuns who were like oh you write with your left hand forget it you're a lost cause oh you're still from that generation do they still do that oh yeah i was um well my nuns were old i was in school in like 1991 and they were like huh, can't teach you so oh my god but i thought what i'm saying from that generation yeah. i literally thought that happened in like the 60s i did not realize that was still happening in the 90s oh yeah it happened to me they were like there's no way we can teach you because you write with a devil oh the devil's hand <laughs> so i love it i was like so if you look at my pencil grip i'm like a don't do this kids like what do as i say not as i do <laughs> um and like I've I've filmed videos for like doing demos for kids, and like I've heard kids say, "You don't hold your pen like that." And I'm like, "I know, I'm not Aww. supposed to." Yeah. It's and bad. You, what in that case? And like mm -hmm. I don't know where we are in like what are standards right now, but should they start with the bigger pencil or the smaller pencil? I like the smaller pencils. Um, I think they're really good for um, all like all sized kids, you know, uh -huh. like small hands, regular size hands, like any of that. I like the small pencils. I think the bigger pencils are really overwhelming. I think so um, too. And they're supposed to be mm -hmm. meant for like 
even as an assistive technology tool and whatnot, but I, I don't think they help. The bigger pencils look like when like a clown grabs something that's really big, like <laughs> a, a giant flower, and it just doesn't make sense. And then that's like the flower funny. squirts water, like it looks like a joke. Um, that's but the really little funny. the little pencil looks like the way a pen looks in my hand. Yeah, um, and it helps a lot with their thing, their pencil grip. Like if your thumb is bent, point your points to the tip. The middle one uses its side. Um, practice makes perfect. Around know, what so- age should they start? Well, it depends on what they're writing because some schools now do lowercase first. Some schools do uppercase first. It really depends on what school your kid's in. Okay. Um, like some schools really focus on lowercase first because it's harder and then uppercase because like they already like have it in the back of their mind. Okay. Um, it depends and do you on what also program suggest, your Do you like the, like the primary letter like composition books or should they start from should they not Dude, they could do that they could do the apps there's really great apps handwriting with that two years used to have an app i think they got rid of it but there are there are apps that copied their type of stuff so you could just type in handwriting with that tears in the app store and find something that is very similar and okay. free yeah because um, i'm i'm asking too about the primary because i tutored a kid that was in kindergarten and his mom was like i just need your help with his handwriting so basically what I did is like, I would have him write a letter and if it was sloppy, I'd erase it and start, we went through a hundred of those pinky erasers, but then I was teaching him the whole, like, um, with the primary paper, like the whole, like skyline, um, yeah. the grass, the flower, but then he was writing really big. It was really, really right. neat, but it was really, really big. And the teacher's like, he literally has perfect handwriting. Like after a few months, the teacher was like, his handwriting's perfect, but now it's just too big. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> well, because the foundation's paper is very big. Yeah, it is. We're doing yeah. like the primary notebooks. Yeah, it's humongous. Notebooks, yeah. Um, and foundations is great, but it's also mainly a handwriting program, in my opinion, because it, it really practices mostly handwriting aside from the sort of like rote repetition. Okay. Well, whatever, whatever. It also is very, very beneficial. Kids learned a lot from it. Um, our school uses it, and it's awesome. But when you open that workbook, you're just practicing to writing letters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think, I I don't know if your school does it, but I know at least Mm -hmm. here, like handwriting isn't part of the curriculum. Like not anymore. Not anymore. It used to be. At your school. It used to be, but like now with the way things are, like there are just so many things in the schedule. It's not possible to do everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Number 10 is a lot what you were saying before. Introduce them to being independent. Yeah, and not always needing mom or the nanny. I'm not saying like, go to the mall by yourself. I'm not saying go take the subway by yourself. But I'm saying play a game by yourself. Yes. <laughs> Be <laughs> you know, bored. Enjoy being alone. Be bored. Yes. That's major. That's something that like, I still can't sit at a bar by myself without feeling anxiety. Yeah. And like, I know so many of my friends do and they're like, I'm going to bring a book to the bar and like have a glass of wine with a book and like enjoy my time. And I'm like, how are you not like sweating at that <laughs> bar? Um, but like, it's okay to be by yourself. It's okay to be on your own and find time to yourself that you enjoy your own company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there's more to that because it's also about making choices for yourself Um between a few things and then being more open-ended like we know what type of what what's your favorite food start with do you like apples or pears and then like what what sorts of things do you like to eat being able to answer questions for yourself about who you are that are really open-ended is a sign of independence it's a sign of free thinking yeah and not having to wait for mom to answer like do you like apples or pears waiting for mom or waiting for a friend yeah and like wanting what a friend wanted making choices based on your own interests and not somebody else's oh i love that yeah so that your kids are their own person in kindergarten they're who they are they they're who you raised and they're not thinking about anybody else they're thinking about who i am and what i want i love that no it's okay it's okay no pasa nada and then what about independence too with things like um like being okay, like opening their own chip bags. Like, oh my god, yeah, please. Every day it comes through cheese sticks, you know, 
um, opening up a, a tangerine. These things are impossible. These things are hard for anybody. Yeah. But, you know, practice makes perfect. Um, you know, working on these skills that ultimately will serve them for the rest of their lives. It's what kindergarten is all about. See, it's a caca. She just opened a Play-Doh that's, like, really hard. She's like, caca. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, one thing that I see a lot mm-hmm. in today's kids is that, especially when it's, like, the f- see, caca. Especially when it's, like, the first child, <laughs> the firstborn is, like, the parents do everything. And, again, that's one of the yeah. things that I feel, like, happened with my older one. So, it's, like, even things like picking up their own pencil from the floor, like, they won't do it because, like, at home, somebody's always there to pick it up for them. Yeah, cleaning up after yourself is a big skill. Yeah. You know? So all that falls, like, in the independence. Oh, yeah. You see the kids who, like, all right, ring the chime. It's time to start cleaning up. And they run away. Oh, no, 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 no. You made this mess with the art table. You've got to help clean it up. <laughs> it's important. You know, we're all in this together. You know, we clean up for our each other and for ourselves so that we're ready for whatever's next. Yeah. Yeah, I've, like, tutored kids that they'll, I'll ask, like, but where's your pencil? And they're, like, I don't know where my cleaning lady put it. And it's, like, Whoa. go get your pencil. Like, yeah, how do you find know? one. Like, it's, it's homework time. Like, you're a kid. This is your only job. How do you not know where your pencils are? I mean, and if you have a cleaning lady, you might have more than one pencil. So look around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Oh, my God, Robert. Thank you so much for this. Like, of course. this went beyond like all my expectations i mean ultimately kindergarten is about learning how to go to school how to be more yourself and how to how to discover the love of learning you know like you know if we're bogged down with like doing work all the time it's, it's gonna be heavy you know it yeah. needs to be needs to be fun they need to love school they're only when i think about kindergartners i'm like man when they start school like they're only one hand is their age exactly it's like they're still little but on the same token like they still have their things that they can do and they, they should be doing yeah let them be, be stressed out about school in 10 years let them love it now yeah yeah and if they love it now like they might not be that stressed and they'll know how to handle that stress exactly yeah i totally agree now let me take a break from my ap chemistry yeah seriously <laughs> all right well then my last right. is when are you gonna open your own school so i can send all my kids oh my god they're gonna come to new york <laughs> just to go to school with you <laughs> i wish all the teachers in the world were more like you and i hope me too <laughs> <laughs> are you have you ever thought of like being a professor or anything you know after I finished grad school, they were on, they had asked me to do workshops. Bang, but, bang, 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 bang. But it never happened. And what did you go to grad school for? I went to grad school for, it was teaching Spanish. Um, okay. But my focus was on teaching emergent reader Spanish. So teaching children oh, who were cool. just learning how to read Spanish. Yeah. Oh, um, cool. So how to, how to not rely on reading and writing in order to, to learn a second language um, was my focus. Man, now I really want you to look at my Briando book, the workbook. And like, oh, yeah. I need like a full, I need like a really good like critique from you. I mean, I developed it as with my knowledge as a teacher plus mm-hmm. speak Spanish. And I used to have to, so in Miami, what happens a lot is like, like a second or third grade teacher will get hired and they'll, they'll be like, oh, but you're also teaching Spanish. And it's like, oh, I didn't yeah. go to school to learn how to teach Spanish. It's a totally like, different no, skill. You speak it. Like you speak Not it. The so same. You can... Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like, that was one of my motivations for writing these workbooks. Because when I started teaching and I'm like, and I don't know if you found this in your master's program, but there's no like sight words for there's like, not. Spanish. Yeah, there's not like a developed system. So it's kind of like, I started coming up with my own and whatnot. So, but I also feel like people don't know how to, make it fun people don't know how to create games oh no that's like you know? yeah, yeah and like that's my favorite thing is like how can i make this a game you know yeah yep. i want to teach yep. foods and i want to teach breakfast and breakfast isn't that exciting there's six words that i want to teach them how am i going to make it a game let's do human bingo do you like te gusta o no te gusta and find six people who don't like eggs five people who like avocado you know whatever it is 
um make Aww. it a game make it a survey make it a you know make it like involve math in it like there's a, so many different ways that you could turn things into a fun game where they're That's engaged in the language yes. engaged with each other and they're using they're using as much spanish as is appropriate is my goal i love it that's exactly how i approach like all of teaching my classroom always looks like a circus but yeah man, those kids learn but they learned and that's okay that that it's not she's like looking at posters and she wants me to she thinks they're like books oh. now she has a hammer that that bang 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 um bang now she has a hammer <laughs> now she has a hammer yeah like a little toy hammer all right Right. Well, to conclude this conversation, I could talk to you for like five hours. I know. Yeah. That was an hour and five minutes. Look at us. I know. And it did not feel like it. I'm sorry for the background noise of the baby, but I know no you're used to it. Your ears probably know how to like tune it out. Yeah. I've heard nothing this whole time. <laughs> I love it. Well, Robert, thank you so, 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 so much. I'm thank gonna, you for having me. I hope like literally anyone with a three or four year old child listens to this episode because this was extremely valuable. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I loved it. Um, yeah. Any, any other questions, feel free to reach out. Yes. I'm going to blast you all over the ground. So hopefully <laughs> people are also asking questions in there as well. And you'll be our, my last guest was um, a therapist. So you'll just be like our resident, like child development expert. Oh, great. Don't tell your <laughs> friends. Don't call me an expert. I'm not an expert. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're up there. You're up oh, there. Well, thank I you. I love it. Well, thank you so much again for your time. You rock and keep posting all the things about your kids because I love when you're posting your pictures of like the fruits and yeah. like the fruit characters and. Oh, that's soon. Fruit. That's like, in a few weeks. Baba? I love it. Baba? Well, see, si, Baba. Di bye bye. Como te dice bye bye? Baba is her is what she calls the big one. So she's saying bye bye baba. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. All right, Robert. All right. Thank you so much again. Thank Best you. I loved it. All right. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. bye.